people who were givers in the ministry of Jesus and some who were givers in the ministry of Paul. Let's go to Luke. Luke chapter number 8. Let's begin from 1. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. Come on. Next verse. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. So Jesus had casted out demons from some of them. From whom um, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Seven demons in one person. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Now, I really want you to pay close attention to that. Susanna, so the name, so Joanna, the wife of Cusa. And who was Cusa? Kusa was the manager of Herod's household. So Kusa was like a steward or let's say uh, maybe like a finance minister. All right? So the wife was called Joanna. So we've, we've seen the name of who? Mary Magdalene. And then we've seen whose name again? Joanna. Good. And then Susanna and many others. Right? These women were helping to support them out of their own means. Now, I don't know if you have BBE or Easy English or something like that. Find or Amplified or something. Okay. Who gave him of their wealth for his needs? Now, put another one there, different one there. So, these women gave. Then he says, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household steward, and Susanna, and many others who were contributing to their support out of their private means, as was the custom for a rabbi's disciple. Praise the name of the Lord. Good. Now, okay. And Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna and many others who ministered unto them of their substance. Now, I want to, before I talk about day giving, I want you to know the people who were involved. Number one, the Bible mentions Mary Magdalene. Now, in biblical interpretations, when the Bible singles out a name out of many, it means that the person is of a noble status. So when the Bible mentions Mary Magdalene, you know, it was said that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute, right? Biblical um, history says she was a prostitute, but she was very rich. <laughs> she was very rich. She had money. She had money. She was prostituting and I, the Bible never says she got money out of prostitution. But if she was a prostitute, of course, I mean, she should have gotten money from prostitution. Or maybe she was a prostitute with many businesses, like a slave queen kind of thing. You know, whatever it was, 
she had money then she encountered the lord jesus and jesus casted out seven demons from her and when jesus casted out the seven demons she decided to follow the lord jesus for the rest of her life all right so when she got to encounter the lord jesus she decided to follow jesus the rest of her life it's not like today somebody gets healed in a place and then he's going back to the shrine it's not like today uh -uh. so she got healed and said lord i'm going to be with you for the rest of my life and mary magdalene was even there when jesus was being crucified she was named she her name was part of the women who were there and then when jesus rose from the dead her name was there so it means that she was forever glued to the lord are we together she was of a very high standard she was a noble she had money are we together so underline that then we come to joanna joanna's wife joanna's husband was a minister so how do you think joanna would be like come on are we together in this place i'm saying this to say a thing so joanna's wife i'm sorry joanna's husband was a minister a minister of herod's household all right a minister of herod's household so it tells you that she was also of a very high standard she was a noble then we talk about susanna now we don't have any detail about susanna but using the biblical interpretation it will mean that mary magdalene joanna and susanna are of the same financial strength so they mentioned the three only the three and then he says and many others the bible says and the many who were contributing to their support put niv there we'll come to amplify put niv there and many others these women were helping to support them out of their own means so they go to get money to support the ministry of jesus hallelujah they go to get money and then they supported the ministry of jesus so they, you, you get money and all oh, your money you're giving to church you're giving to church you're giving to church it depends on what you think you are all right it depends on what you think you are because i am not the first person to give my money to church now we are talking about jesus the alpha and omega the i am that i am the ever living one the ever present one the one who made gold who made silver the moment he came to start he needed the help of others i.e financial help this should mean that there is no do you know how many of us know there's no pastor that is bigger than jesus there's no ministry that is bigger than jesus it means that the number one way for the sustainability of ministry is through the financial support of its members that's why amplify said that put amplify there as it was the custom the disciples of a rabbi so when he didn't say it was the custom of members it was the custom of 
disciples to support and financially provide for their rabbi. And Jesus was a rabbi. So these women, um, Joanna, Susanna, Mary Magdalene, and the many others concluded that we are the disciples of Jesus. The moment I say, I am a disciple of Jesus, it means that I have a responsibility to make sure that he is fine. I want to say that again. The very moment you say somebody is your spiritual father, the very moment you say somebody is your man of God, the very moment you say the person is your, in quote, your life coach, you cannot sit down for your pastor to be running helter skelter looking for money for rent. Somebody has to pay that rent. Here is the scripture. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Oh, you don't like what I'm talking about? Of course, I'm not looking for rent. My house, I don't rent. You understand? But I'm telling you that the Bible says that was the custom for a rabbi's disciple. It was not a custom for son of David. It's not a custom for those who follow Jesus when he gave them bread. He multiplied bread. It's not a custom for those who came to experience some healings. But it is a custom for the people who daily sit at his feet, who daily listen to the word, who daily receive trainings, who daily receive the, the, the trainings for their lives, for the rabbi who gives them prophecy, for the rabbi who teaches them, for the rabbi who builds them. He says that it was the custom of the rabbi's disciples to take care of their rabbi. This is New Testament giving. Are we together in this place? If you see a church that has neglected their pastor, the pastor does not have disciples. He has church members. Because there's a difference between a disciple and a rabbi. I'm sorry, a disciple and a church member. A church member goes to a church. A disciple has a rabbi. See, and who was a rabbi? A rabbi is someone who was teaching and inculcating people with his own ideas. One who teaches the people his own presuppositions. Come on, are we here together? Yeah, presuppositions. I mean, he teaches the people. He teaches the people his ideologies. He teaches the people. You know how Jesus taught. Everything Jesus taught is what the disciples taught. What was in the mind of Jesus is what he taught the disciples, and then the disciples also taught others. And now we are here. We are discussing. So that is a rabbi. The moment you say, "All my," for example, I'm here. All my theological stamina. And all my scriptural understanding, about 95% of them comes from Joker. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He is my father in the faith. He taught me the word of God. He taught me practical ministry. He taught me how to cast out demons. He taught me how to lay hands on the sick, how to see them recover. He taught me how to prophesy. And there are things I caught from him that I can never catch from any pastor because they are not my father. Do you understand what I'm talking about? 
I can get I can get one or two things from other teachers. Do you understand? I can get one or two things from other teachers. But sincerely speaking, my ministerial paradigm is correctly hewn from him. So that is a rabbi and a disciple. You pick somebody like Elijah and Elisha. The Bible says the very moment Elisha came out, when Elijah was taken up, the people said, indeed, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. So they could see that who Elisha now does things exactly like Elijah will do. That is a disciple. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So when somebody is in the church and the person is offended at how a disciple treats his rabbi, it is not for the disciple to go and fight that person. That person simply is not a disciple. That's what it is. When somebody is sitting on TikTok, on social, any of the social media platforms, and castigates Christians for spending money on their pastors, it's very simple. That person is not a disciple. That's why he's talking like that. If the person really has a rabbi in his life, she or he would have learned what it means to be a disciple and that would be he or she would have had the custom of do you see what we're talking about come on are we here ask somebody are you a rabbi or are you are you a disciple or you a member <laughs> ask the person do you have a rabbi or you have a prophet somewhere to go and see Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. That's what it is. So these people, the Bible says, they supported the ministry of Jesus out of their private means. Out of their own personal income. They went to work. They work and the income that they got, they brought some to support the ministry of Jesus. I believe with all of my heart God is not going to raise a millionaire outside to come into this church for this ministry to thrive. God will raise the millionaires here. God will raise the givers here. God will raise the financial, the financiers of the kingdom right here. Hallelujah. Are we together in this place? I believe right from here, God is going to do that. So it means that God knows that wherever there is ministry, there is the need for financial support. Look at the Jesus who actually told Peter, go into the sea, the first fish that comes out, open the mouth, you'll find a coin. Take the coin and pay for me and you. It, don't you think if Jesus really wanted to perform, uh, what was that, what's the name of that thing? Is it money miracle or miracle money? Miracle money constantly. Jesus could have done that. He would have spoken money, he could have spoken money to be. But that is not the pattern for ministry. God's pattern for ministry is that even if God himself decides that he wants to do ministry with men, he will need men to support him. Are we together in this place? 
Yeah. God cannot. I didn't say God will not. God cannot come here and have ministry. Even he cannot be in heaven and have anything to do with man that will involve a man building something or man doing something that he will not need the support of man. That's why I always I tell people that the sovereignty of God must be rightly explained. When we say God can do all things and God has power to do all things, it does not mean that God does all things. It means that God can do all things using you, using me, using this, using that, using that. So the sovereignty of God includes the participation of man, especially when it concerns the earth. Now that, I know a lot of you will not get it, but it's fine. Let's talk about the giving. So if God decides that he wants to build a church today, God will not rain down money from heaven. God is going to stir the heart of some people in the church to tell them that it's time. Go bring your money that you worked for, bring part of it so that you can build me a house. And then when the house is built, he'll still say that is the house I built. How to get in his place? Even when you give money to God and the project is done, God will still say, I did it. So, God needs man's money. Jesus needed the money of people to do ministry. Susanna, Joanna, and who? Mary Magdalene. And many others. The Bible didn't say and others. He says, and what? And many others. Meaning that Jesus had a lot of people who were financially pouring money into his ministry. So ministry cannot be done without money. Alright? Ministry cannot be done without financial support. For you to believe, for you to walk and have the mind that you are a disciple, you should have a custom. A disciple has a custom. Their custom was not, Jesus is my Jesus, he is my Jesus. Jesus is my Jesus, hallelujah. Jesus is my Jesus. No, their custom was that Jesus, the apostles, Jesus, his 12 disciples, Jesus and his ministry must be provided for. So if maybe Joanna or Mary Magdalene or Susanna wakes up at dawn, and maybe she's going to work. Then you ask, why are you stressing yourself like that? Imagine if it's our generation today and they say, I have to take care of our church. What do you think people will call her? You are not serious. You are getting money. To take care of what? Another man's business. That's how we think today. And that's why, check it. People who always have a problem, I understand. There are some men of God, they, ex, they are extortionists. They will, they will take every money from you. So there's always a different size to the coin. But I'm, right now, I'm talking to sincere men of God and sincere Christians. Anybody, check all those people that stand to say, that stand to say that, you don't have to commit your money or your finances to church or to any pastor or anybody. First of all, don't either agree or disagree with them. The first question is, what church 
are you a disciple? Not are you a member. What church are you a disciple of? Who is your pastor? The moment these two questions, the person is not able to answer. Any kind of argument with the person is a wasted breath. Because the people who have the custom of taking care of their rabbi and his ministry are disciples. It's not talkers. So, you cannot be in class one and you have opened my book. I am doing physics in senior high school. I'm doing elective mathematics at the university. I'm doing further maths at the university. I'm doing PhD in mathematics. You are in class two. You pick my book and you see nyama nyama things and then you are concluding that what I am reading does not make sense. I have to first of all know if you are at my level then we can reason together. But you don't go to church. When you get money, you go to restaurant. If you are not going to the restaurant, when you get money, you can pay for $500 to go and watch Shatawali display. I was about to say minister. <laughs> you go to watch him display. You go and watch Stoneboy display. So you pay $500, which is over 5,000 Ghana cities, to go and watch somebody who is coming to display for only 10 minutes. Who go wild on the platform, sometimes take off their shirts and they are left with their boxes. And even that, you paid $500. When you are going for 100 nights of love or 1,000 laughter in a night, you pay 1,500 for VIP so that you can see the people to make you laugh. That is where your heart is committed to. And that is why when you spend money, you, it does not make you feel like you are wasting money. I also feel that using that money to give to those people or whatever, you are wasting your money. You feel like you are having fun. You feel like you are enjoying life. The only reason is that that's where your heart is connected to. So I should not judge you. Now when you come here to, my heart is connected to Jesus and his church. That is why I spend money there. Because the Bible says where your heart is, uh, sorry, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is going to be. My heart, my treasure actually is in the house of the Lord. That's where I'm raised. That's where I'm trained. That's where I get my prophecies. That's where I'm able to see life from a great direction. So that's why I'm spending there. Is there a problem with that? Are we together in this place? So when somebody is not a Christian and the person is running down giving, you should not even listen in the first place because the person is not committed to anything God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So, baby, you are a political disciple. I am a Christian disciple. So you spend money in politics, I spend money in church. Come on, hallelujah. Say, I'm not ashamed. You don't mean that, you are ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed to be called a giver in the house of God. So they gave. Now let's go to Mark chapter 15, verse 40. And you see, if we have time, I would have digressed a little. But, but hold on, go back. See something. It says, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others 
which ministered unto him of their substance. And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of every city, he spoke by a parable. So Jesus had a meeting. Although they were the major givers of Jesus, they were still there. Ah, you don't understand. We don't solicit support from people who don't subscribe to the tenets of our faith. Do you know what I'm talking about? They were major givers. That's why they were singled out. Imagine Jesus' ministry if you are a major giver and your name is, your name is, it means you were really giving. And when Jesus was teaching, they were there. They didn't say, oh, we are going to find money. So because I have a business meeting with somebody, so because of that, I'm not coming to church. I'm going to look for money somewhere. Because of that, I can't come to. Listen, there are some people, they will search for things, they will never get it. You won't get it. Forget it. If you, go, if you get it, it's not God who gave it to you. You can get it. That's what the Bible says in Psalm 127, except the Lord builds the house. That scripture, eh? one day, the man of God ministered to me with that scripture. That was the day I can say completely, I let off every self-ambition. Yeah. Daddy has a book like that. Except the Lord builds the house. Put it up there. 127. He says, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. He didn't say except the Lord build the house, they can't build. He says except the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that put an idea there. Praise the Lord. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So they can build, but it's a vain building. It's a building of nothing. So when God does not build, when God does not give it to you, you can get it. But what you got is called vain. You can still have the substance, but it has no weight before God. Hallelujah. See, so you cannot say because you really want to support church, you want money to support church, you will leave the church, get the money, then you, it doesn't mean that the church can't make you rich. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Are we together in this place? Yeah. There are some mistakes that are too costly. Don't make them. Don't make them later you come and learn that, oh, Charlie, I shouldn't have. And one of it is this. All right, when you begin to hunt for things to the point that God is just at the back of your head, finally you want to get when you come, when you come, then you can come and give thanks to God, sir. It's nothing. Huh? My grandmother will say that when people are going, to, when people are doing wrong things, they look here and they look here, they forget to look here. <laughs> so, here, here, oh, there's nothing. Okay, let me go and do this. You forgot to. There's always a complete serious CCTV camera up there. That one, no matter, it's going everywhere you go. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's get back. Mark. So they were there. I was simply trying to tell you that they were there. All right? They were there. They were there at the feet of the Lord every time to listen. And that's what made them disciples. Let's continue. Um, the Mark. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them, this is when he was crucified. Among them were Mary Magdalene. Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph and Salome. So we have some names here, right? Who? Mary, the mother of James. Go back. Mary, the mother of James. 
the younger and of Joseph. So Mary, the mother of James and Joseph. So it means Joseph was the eldest. And Salome. All right? Next verse. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Did you see that? These women had followed him and cared for his needs. Then he says, many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. Do you understand? <laughs> Hallelujah. Did you see that? So they were caring for the needs of the master. All right, so these women, the Bible says, cared for his needs. Do you, do, when the way the Bible describes the Lord Jesus, do you think he's somebody that somebody needs to care for him? So, so pastor, pastor, pastor is always good. God takes care of his own. God takes care of his own. No problem. You are not the disciple. That's why I'm saying that. Do you know that a lot of people they think that pastors don't go through anything? Like pastors are always fine with God. When they say God says. When they say, yeah, God say, yeah, man. All right, they feel like always God is like, they are always, some people think pastors are always happy. That some people, they think pastors are always in the spirit. So if I call them at one, they should be able to pray for me. If I call them at two, they should be able to pray for me. They are always in the spirit. It's not like that. Are we together? Jesus needed some people to take care of his needs. Now, when the Bible says of his needs, it actually includes his disciples. Hallelujah. So, when it comes to Jesus, he had people who were seriously and brutally committed to him in terms of finances to support him. I don't think Joanna or any of this world have come to say, hey, Charlie, I think this time Jesus, Jesus is really demanding. Jesus, so we have to go to Galilee too. Hey, Susan. Would your husband allow you? <laughs> Look, I'm even stopping the ministry. I, I want to. Jesus is killing us. We are walking. Sir. Last three days, I remember we went to Nazareth, his hometown, where we went to see his grandmother. They never did. See, it's a coming to the realization that I'm made for this. See, loyalty is a personal decision. Nobody can force you to be loyal. Do you understand? It's a personal decision. You decide. It's like sonship. You don't do, no. The first point of sonship, you decide that this is my father. Of course, I mean, God can lead you and stuff like that. But even that, it comes with your own personal decision. Where you say, ah, this is my father. This is my pastor. And there's nothing that's going to change that. It's a decision. In the same way, when it comes to giving, it's a decision. When it comes to being a giver, it's a decision. When it comes to being committed, it's a decision. Hallelujah. It's a decision. And it's very important. Now, let's go to Paul. Let's go to Romans chapter number 16. Verse 1. I commend to you, put amplify there. I commend to you, Phoebe, and now I introduce and commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deaconess servant of the church at Crinkia, that you may receive her in the Lord, which love with love and hospitality, 
as God's people ought to receive one another. I, I wish I had time for that. God's people receive one another with love and hospitality. The moment you are a Christian and you can't, you, you are not hospitable, you don't welcome people, people can't live around you. Check what kind of spirit that's in you. See, when someone says, I, 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 I don't like people, the Bible says that as God's people, we ought to receive one another with love and hospitality. Hallelujah. He says, receive Phoebe. Tell somebody, receive Phoebe. Yeah, so Phoebe, we are not looking at a Phoebe. It means receive God's people, all right? With love and hospitality as God's people ought to receive one another. And that you may help her in whatever matter she may require assistance from you. For she has been a helper of many, including myself. So here we talk about Sister Phoebe. And Paul says that she has been a helper of many. Don't be in the church and always be a consumer. Pastor didn't call me. Pastor Rabbi didn't call me. They have their own people that they call. You know, when people, when people begin to have complaints in the church, they become consumers. That those who waste the anointing. Do you understand? They become liabilities. People who are assets, they don't complain. If they have issues, they are not, of course, they can have issues they are not happy about. They go directly to the person. They go and talk to, they go and talk about with respect and honor. One of the ways to know that somebody's spiritual life is dwindling is when the person begins to swim in the rivers of complaints, bitterness, and memories. If you, have, if you can really be sincere with yourself, if you have been there before, check it. The moment you begin complaining and stuff like that, you don't feel yourself again. Even coming to church, that's where you come and say, when I don't feel like I belong. How will you belong when you are swimming in the soup of complaining and memories? Tell somebody, don't be a consumer. Yeah. yeah. God always seeks to make an outlet out of us that will be supplying to the body. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That's the mind of God. Alright, so let's continue. That's what I want to talk about. So he says, he has been a helper of many, including myself. So Phoebe was really helping the Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. And not just the Apostle Paul, many. See, the, the early Christians, they were serious Christians. Helper of many. Come on. Helper of many. I will be a helper of many. And I am a helper of many. I want to see that many people will rejoice and give thanks to God for my name's sake. Hallelujah. Helper of many. Christ Right, next verse. Next verse, verse 3. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus. Aha. Uh -huh. Next verse. Who risked their own necks and endangered their very lives for my life? <laughs> Monday, speaking tongues. He says they risked, they gave their life, they risked their life for my life. Next verse. Oh, sorry, for my life. To them, not only do I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. 
All right. Likewise, salute next verse. That's fine. Also, greet the church that meets in their house. You know, so they had a church in their house. So the woman will be cooking after where they will eat because it was their custom. One of the customers was breaking of bread after every meeting. Like we have finished church like this. When we are going, we are breaking bread. We don't break, we don't leave. Do you understand? So imagine these people, they were always cooking. See, today, today, coming to our, they are coming to our living room. The last time they came, when they, ate, they, they dropped the rubbers there. Huh. You know? Then Prince would just be telling Aquila, please, 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 please. please. Let them meet them, meet them under the tree, please. Today, I'm not in the mood. My head is aching. I can't come. That's the kind of Christian we have today. The husband is having cell meeting. The wife is asleep. My head is aching. I can't come, please. When they come, the way they talk, there's that, that tall lady, Esther. Huh. That, that's, not, that's not Christian. That's not a Christian. Are we together? That's not a Christian. Greet my beloved Epinetus, who is first convert to Christ. Who's the first convert from the west coast province of Asia Minor? Paul could remember his first this day. Greet Mary, who has worked so hard for you. Next verse. Greet Andronicus and Junius, my king's men, and once my fellow prisoners. So they were all put in, in jail. Yeah. We who are held in high esteem in the estimation of the apostles and who were believers in Christ before me. <laughs> so scared. My God. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Next verse. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Obanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my, uh, my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles. The one tested and approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristobulus. Apelles, say Apelles. Next verse. Greet my king's man, Herodion. Greet those of the household of Narcissus who are in the law. Uh-huh. Greet those workers in the Lord. Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet my beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. Paul had a lot of beloveds. See, so it's not wrong for us to say, "Oh, you are my beloved brother, my beloved sister." Uh-huh. Greet Rufus, an eminent and choice man in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. So, did you see that the mother of Rufus was a mother to Paul as well? Some of your mothers, if we come and visit you and they are cooking, they will not even give you. For bringing somebody in the house, they will not give you. <laughs> Rufus' mother was not like that. No. Some of you, if, you are eat, if your mother is cooking and I come there as your pastor, your mother will not even give you. That they will say, you, you know, if for bring your pastor in the house, you know it. Rufus' mother was not like that. A mother to their pastor as well. May your mothers become like that. Yeah, hallelujah. Oh, what's up for Paul Didi? Oh, what's up for Paul? Paul say you are my mother. Yeah. Next verse. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Uh-huh. Greet Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus and all God's people who are with them. I miss PLCS. Uh-huh. Greet one another with the holy case. All the churches of Christ greet you. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Let's read about one woman. Let's go to Acts, book of Acts. Acts chapter 16. Let's begin from chapter number 16. Let's begin from 12. Emphasis on 14. Down. And from there we came to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We stayed on, in this city for several days. Next verse. So Paul had traveled to go and preach in a city. So he stayed there for several days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate to the bank of the Gangite River. Where we, thought, where we thought that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had come there. No time, no time to waste. If we are going for church and the church is not there, let's create a church. A woman named Lydia. From the city of Theatira, a dealer in purple fabrics, who was already a worshiper of God, listened to us, and the Lord opened her heart to pay attention and to respond to the things said by Paul. It means that when you are going for evangelism, you can meet people who already know the Lord, who love the Lord, but want to listen. Still talk to them. All right, next verse. And when she was baptized along with the household, do you understand? Good. So she loved God, but she was not saved. She pleaded with us saying, if you have judged me and decided that I am faithful to the Lord, a true believer, come to my house and stay. And Paul says, and he persuaded us. Okay, uh-huh, and she persuaded Next verse. It happened that as we were on our way to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl. So now let's go to verse 40. And they went, so they left the prison and went to Lydia's house. When they had seen the brothers and sisters, they encouraged and comforted them and left. So Lydia, Lydia's house became a place of meeting. Now, Lydia was someone who was selling purple, purple fabrics. She was a dealer in fabrics. But she was a dealer in fabrics. And then she met Paul. And she got baptized. And her house became the house of Paul. When you keep on reading, I could take you through the New Testament. And you find out that Lydia was a key or a key financier to the ministry of Paul. Hallelujah. We talk about Priscilla and Aquila as well. A husband and a wife, a couple who also were of the same profession as Paul. Alright? They were all tent makers. And so Paul started to work with them and preach the gospel to them. Later, Paul had to stop. And then when they work, they took care of Paul and his ministry. Hallelujah. So, that's what I told you. The New Testament kind of giving goes beyond a 10% kind of thing. Look at the people who did that. Do you think it was 10% kind of thing they were doing? No. It goes beyond that. So Jesus had people who were supporting the ministry. Apostle Paul had people who were supporting the ministry. It is not a sin. It is not wrong. You are not a fool if you commit your finances to the well-being of this ministry. Come on, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm teaching you the word of God, right? 
Yeah. So it is very important because where your treasure is, that's where you place your heart. And where your heart is, that's where your resources will be placed. When you are in a church and your money can go a long way to save a soul, don't withhold it. Come on, hallelujah. I said, don't do what? Don't withhold it. It is your money that can be used for crusades. It is your money that can be used to run camps. It is your money that can be used to build churches. It's your money that is going to be used to buy lands to build churches. It's your money that we're going to use to buy buses. It is your very own money that we'll use for the work of God. Say it is my money. Come on, like you mean, say it is my money. Some of you are not saying some. Say it is my money. Praise the name of the Lord. So decide to also be a noble in this ministry and in, in your faith life, all right, by being a giver. That will not just mention your name for what? For other things. But will say that in the many things that you excelled, you also excelled in sponsoring the work of God. In partnering with God in your money, in your finances and everything. Never find the struggle to give to the house of God. Come on, hallelujah. Never find it a struggle to give to the house of God. Always give. Hallelujah. As you plan your giving, always be a giver. Because for ministry to grow, for ministry to thrive, for ministry to gain strong ascendancy, the ministry must be taken care of. The leaders of the ministry should be taken care of. Someone say, so what about the members? That's what we saw here. The members work to take care of the ministry. What about the pastors? The pastors also receive the help that the members give so that they can be strong enough to pastor, to lead, to do all the other kinds or the various kinds of work that must be done to put the ministry on his feet. Hallelujah. Alright? So do well and make sure that your finances are committed. The New Testament kind of living, alright, our money plays an essential role as New Testament believers. Because you see, Let's, let's close with this. Mark chapter 16. Mark 16, 17. No, 16, 15. Now, all of us, let's read together. I want to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The assignment is that we are supposed to go everywhere. Do you understand? When the Lord gave this instruction to them, he didn't mention money, right? But Paul became one of the people who was going into all the world. And yet, he had Lydia. He had Phoebe. He had Rufus' mother. And he had Aquila and Priscilla. He had all these people. So a go ye into all the world would need a Rufus' mother. It will need a Salome. It will need a Joanna. It will need a Susanna. It will need a Mary Magdalene. So don't say, Jesus should go, so we are going. In the going, we need a Joanna. We need a Lydia. We need a Rufus mother. Hallelujah. There are some brothers and, and sisters in this ministry, anytime they come to mind, 
it, it just provokes prayer. Hallelujah. I'm not permitted to mention names of people, but I'm telling you, I've seen people who have gone beyond their means to make a miracle happen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And these people, are they are blessings. Dare to become one of them. You don't need to be a billionaire. You don't need to be a millionaire. Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm not talking about you giving money to me. Uh-uh. There, are, there are several frontliners. There are people who are handling all kinds of things in the ministry. It can be that your 5 CD credit that you can send to the person once a month. That can give the person some kind of energy to do the work of God. Of course, I mean, we don't need that. But it is a way of encouraging the person that we appreciate all the work that you do. Are we together in this place? Don't say, oh, when we get money, we'll do it. No, if you don't do it today, you can't do it when you get money. I want you to practicalize this message. I'm giving you like a week. Find a leader in church. I am not part. Find any leader in church and do something for the person. All right? Any, I am not part. The rest are part. If it's credit to CD, send to the person. After that, send a message to the person. I, we love what you are doing. We appreciate you, ma. We appreciate you, pa. You say ma and what? <laughs> and sir. <laughs> do you understand what I'm talking about? Come on. How many of us are going to do it? If you won't do it, put your hands down. If you do, you put your hands up. Yeah. Appreciate the person. And I want you to do it from a very clean heart. All right? It's not like I've said it, but with a very clean heart. I'm opening your eye to a segment of ministry. Are we together? Yeah. I was, I think it was last month or so, I was locked up in something. And there was a dangerous pressure from a place I was not, I was not looking at. But, but, but nothing was happening. Then somebody called me and the person said, Ah, man of God, have you paid for this particular thing? I said, No. They said, Don't worry, don't worry, go to sleep, I'll handle it. And they, like that, like I said, like, Hey, life can be so sweet, oh. So the men of God who die early, it's not because it's their time, it's not their time. But sometimes the pressure is sealed. The person just, he said, Don't have handled it. It was thousand dollars. The person handled it flat. Say flat. That's it. Meanwhile, there may be somebody also somewhere who is thinking, who is also thinking about how can I get like two thousand for man of God. Another person is also thinking, how can I help man of God? So that's a consumer. That's that's a liability and an asset. A liability is anything that takes money from you. An asset is anything that gives you money or anything that adds up. Liability always subtracts. Tell someone, don't, be, don't always be a liability. Hallelujah. Come on. It, it's not like when they are taking care of you. Of course, I mean, if they are taking care of, if you are going to school or your mother is giving you money, as at that point, you are a liability to your family. Do you understand? <laughs> because you are taking money out of your mother's pocket. They are paying your school fees, you are still a liability. All right? But you can be assets in different ways. Do you understand? Yeah, so be, let your value come out. Let your value be seen. Alright? Come on, say I'm valuable. Like you mean it, don't be angry. Say I'm valuable. Come on, say I'm, I'm not a liability. I am an asset. 
be outstanding with me. Now I want you to lift up your two hands toward heaven. Then begin to bless the name of the Lord. Thank you, Father. I receive a heart of a giver. And when my name is called, let my name be part of those who give in the house of God. Come on, open your mouth. I have. 